0: To the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's September 3rd, 2020, and this is episode 52. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. New in theaters this week actually is 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 uh, nothing, <laughs> and I forgot to include one title in in uh, my podcast last week. So my apologies uh, for any fans of of Bill and Ted. Uh, but it's 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 Bill and Ted three, uh, and its official title is Bill and Ted Face the Music. So again, my apologies to any Bill and Ted fans out there. Uh, this is an interesting film because it's 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 available in movie theaters where where in markets where theaters are open. So here in Salt Lake City, you know, the, you know theaters are open, and it's it's playing. But you can also uh, get it on demand too. So so uh, options for Bill and Ted Face the Music, and it's. You know what's what the premise of this film is Bill and Ted are now and, and again they're played by Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, but they're middle-aged dads and they're still trying to crank out a hit song and fulfill their destiny, uh, and also you know it's it's time to save the world, dude. So if you're a fan of Bill and Ted, I I, I hear that this is this is this is uh, just silly fun. I haven't seen it, but. I ho- I hope uh, Bill and Ted fans are enjoying it. And heaven knows we could just use a, a, a light and fun comedy uh, now. So uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association for some language. And I'll have a link to the, the film's website in the podcast notes on my blog so you can see the various uh, on-demand options if that's the route you are interested in in taking. Uh, currently in theaters are, of course, uh, The New Mutants uh, and The Personal History of David Copperfield and then uh, Tenant. And I'm going to be reviewing all three films here in, in just a moment. So for reviews, I, I'm going to review the three movies that I have most recently seen. I spent three of the last four evenings <laughs> in the cinema, and it, it, it was great. I, again, I felt, you know, safe in that there was, the, the theaters weren't crowded. There was a lot of social distancing. They were clean. I was wearing my mask the whole time, and, uh, you know, Staying well, gratefully, uh, and and I was really happy to see some new cinema, uh, even though you know I think the the well, and all these films are, are quite different. So let's let's jump in first to the New Mutants. Now this is a horror thriller based on characters from Marvel Comics, uh, X Men, uh, this is the X Men universe, and it's made. This is a film by 20th Century Studios, so it's not. This is not fit within what we now know as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which are films by Marvel Studios and uh, which is you know Marvel's in-house uh, movie production company. The, uh, so the new Mutants is also has a bit of an interesting history in that it was supposed to come out originally in 2018. And it got delayed uh, multiple times. Partly because of the merger with with the Walt Disney Company and and the then 20th Century Fox Studios, which is now going by just 20th Century Studios, and the uh, you know there was a lot of mystery surrounding it. You know, and a lot of rumors just saying, "Oh, the reason it got delayed is because it, you know it wasn't very good, or they had to do reshoots, or you know, et cetera, et cetera." We don't really know all the facts. Don't know if we ever will about it but finally of all films to be released at at kind of like the, the when theaters are opening up during the pandemic it's The New Mutants so uh, that's really the only reason that I went is because uh it was the it was the first movie new movie that I could see in in the theater and uh so that was you know I was ha- happy to do it even though it wasn't necessarily my my uh, thing, uh, it's a PG-13 horror movie, so it makes it a little calmer. But still, it's 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 uh, you know there were a lot of a lot, a lot of scares that they were that they were trying to throw at the audience in, in this movie. The premise is that there are five of these mutants within uh, you know and within the X Men uni- comics universe. Mutants are humans that. Have special powers. And the X Men are a group that, you know, are become like super, use their powers uh, to be superheroes. Uh, You know, kind of some of the classic X Men or Wolverine, of course, who's got this incredible tolerance for pain uh, and had those horrible claws installed, but those, you know, become his weapon. Uh, And then Storm. Who you know creates storms, <laughs> that, that sort of thing. But these, so these five teenagers, they've they've got they've got these burgeoning uh, powers, and some of them don't even know what their powers are, per se. But they've been noticed by uh, a particular group, and they get they've been put into a a really creepy hospital. And there's a, a mysterious doctor there named Doctor Reyes, and she uh, observes them and, and then tries to tries to quote unquote help them, but of course it all seems very mysterious. And then things start just going completely haywire, and all of their like worst dreams are actually coming true for these for, for these five uh, mutant kids, and so. Uh, this movie was like the weirdest hybrid of the breakfast club and then the TV series of Buffy, the vampire slayer. And then of course, you know, with some X-Men thrown in. although none, none, no X-Men, they talk about them, but no, none of them really showed up, which I thought was kind of a bummer, but, uh, I don't necessarily want to be too hard on this film. I didn't enjoy it because mostly just because of the genre, uh, but it's, you know, it's not horrible, and for, and for it to be, had been delayed as many times as it was, and who, again, who knows how much work had to be done to it, or, you know, reshoots or whatever, it's, I mean, it's not the, it's not the worst film, I, it wasn't great, and I only gave it a one and a half out of five stars, you know, much of that, though, is just because it's not a genre I enjoy, and I can't feel I can really objectively, um, uh, rate it, so, didn't love the new moons, but what I loved was going to the movie theater. It was so much fun to see something new on the big screen. So then I'm following up that with uh, Tenet. So Tenet is just like really the, almost the complete opposite, which is a film I've just been incredibly excited to see for months. And it's kind of been like the Hollywood bellwether of of you know if Tenant can get into the theaters, then then we know that. Uh, you know, it's it's safer to go back to the movies and 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 things are gonna start to go better because you know we can, we can we can see Tenet. Now Tenet's directed by Christopher Nolan, uh, you know, a very popular and, and reputable Hollywood director. And uh you know, he directed films like Interstellar and Inception. Uh most recently he directed Dunkirk, uh, he directed The Dark Knight, uh, batman trilogy and anyways you know very very good director very technically um, uh, meticulous director but uh, tenant for me was just uh did not live up to expectations part of it i think was you know it's 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 a challenge i think as a movie fan or really a fan of anything you get your expectations set pretty high and then when it, when when it doesn't deliver, it's a bit of it's you know it's a bit of a downer. So, I saw Tenant in an IMAX theater here in Salt Lake City, and I gotta tell you, what is typically like a pleasure dome for me, turned out to be like this self-imposed torture chamber. Seeing Tenant was just uh, it just turned into be an incredibly unpleasant experience. So, I'm not gonna give away any of the plot, but but. Basically, it's a as you as you've probably seen if you've seen any of the previews or if you've heard people talk about it now that now that it's uh, open, uh, things are moving. Time is moving forward and backward within this film. They call it um, inversion or being inverted, and uh, it's it's in a way kind of a Christopher Nolan trope to do something you know pretty that's like quote unquote mind blowing. But for me, what was going on is that, uh, I, first, the first hour I was thrilled to be back in the IMAX theater and I was just, I think I was under my mask. I was just smiling for the first hour, even though I really didn't have necessarily a clue or couldn't really explain to you what was going on <laughs> as far as the blot. And I was okay with it, let, you know, letting it go. But when it really started going, uh, and you know, this again technically it's it's very well crafted as far as you know as the the way that they did the, the the forward and backward stuff and also much of it happening at the same time. But uh, with the combination of of a really dreadful sound mix. Now, I know Christopher Nolan has been criticized in the past of having a bad sound mix. I think one of the first ones that comes to mind was from the film The Dark Knight Rises. And as you may recall, that the bad guy in that movie is is uh, Bane, and he has this gnarly uh, mask on him, and uh, played and is played by the actor Tom Hardy. His voice is so muffled you could hardly understand him. Well, that was going on this whole time in Tenet. So there's so much dialogue; they're all explaining, trying to explain all this stuff that's happening. But you can't understand it. Honestly, it's every every single bit of dialogue was muffled with either really, you know, incredibly loud music, which I'm going to get to in a second, or just sometimes these characters are wearing uh, a mask because uh, the body's use of oxygen gets gets altered when they're when they're getting inverted. So they're wearing these, they're wearing these oxygen masks and talking like a lot. (laughs) And the way, again, the way that it was, the, the sound mix was done is that you just cannot, you clearly can't understand them. Um, my movie buddy that I went with, uh, his line to me after the movie was, well, I'm not going to see that in the theater again. Uh, or actually, I'm not going to see this movie again until I can watch it with subtitles. And I thought, yeah, let's hope that they have them. <laughs> you know, they will. And, you know, in the, in the Blu-ray or you know, in the home, the home theater release because holy, holy smokes, it was so frustrating. The other thing that was really frustrating to me and what added to like, I had this, about an hour in, I just started getting this incredible headache because of, of of what was going on um in the theater the theater had not only you know I couldn't understand any of the, uh, the talking but they had they had the volume was really cranked I joke, you know kind of the spinal tap it was it was at 11 uh but honestly it was so loud and this music if you can call it music um was was so headache inducing for me. Um, it was too bad. So the the the, uh, the film the score composer is Ludwig uh, goransson I'm probably not pronouncing his 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 name correctly, so you know my apologies. But uh, Ludwig, he's he's a very reputable composer and has done some some stuff that I really love. Like he he was the one who wrote the black the pan, the soundtrack to the film Black Panther. And and, uh, which is fantastic. He also did the soundtrack for, for, uh, the, the, uh, series on Disney plus Star Wars, the Mandalorian, which is really cool. The music in that is just fantastic. But what he wrote for tenant is this, to me, it just sounded like an, like an engine, like a pulsing car engine that just was like the same note over and over and just played incredibly, incredibly loud. So so yeah, I had a huge headache. I couldn't understand a thing that was you know what the, the dialogue was saying. And so the movie is just it's it's two uh, just, you know, two and a half hours long or a little longer. This is mentioned about the hour marker or, or even just halfway through it. I had basically checked out because it mostly just was turning into a, a survival thing, and and uh, I mean I stayed through it. I mean, big whoop, you know. But I, I, uh, but it was honestly it was it uh, the wonderful IMAX theater that I adore became uh, an absolute torture chamber. Um, I really disliked this film, so uh, I. I wonder if, again, if I saw it with subtitles and at a volume that was more tolerable, I still think you'd have to put up with the music. And also, you know, the it doesn't it's not gonna change the story <laughs> right. The story is still the same or whatever you can can distinguish from it. Uh, Tenet has a, has really quite an interesting cast, uh, just 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 to just to mention. Um, the The protagonist, the I mean, the lead character, and who's actually he doesn't have a name other than the protagonist, is played by John David Washington, who is the son of Denzel Washington. Uh, Robert Pattinson plays an important role uh, in the film. Elizabeth Debicki and Aaron Taylor Johnson in it, and then the bad the bad guy is played by Kenneth Branagh. And again, all the actors are are, are terrific. It's it's for me it was really. Uh, the plot and then that uh, absolutely horrible sound mix, which I'm, you know, I almost would recommend not seeing it in IMAX, which really goes against everything that I believe in <laughs> as a moviegoer uh, if, if, if you want to experience Tenet. So uh, you'll have to let me know if you go, and hopefully, you have a better experience than I did uh, seeing Tenet. I think ultimately, I left disappointed. And you know there were so many hopes pinned on Tenant for being like the movie that was going to save the summer movie going season and whatever. You know personally, I didn't think that the film was was really good enough to save the summer movie season of 2020. That really never was. Uh, and uh, again, I hope people I hope people enjoy it. I'm glad that it actually is in theaters, and and we can we can we can we can move on. But but. uh really, too, it was a very self-indulgent film, I thought, for, for uh, the director, Christopher Nolan, and again, you know, he deserves it. He's pulled in a lot of box office and, 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 and you know, has, can do a vanity project or whatnot, but uh, I sure didn't get any enjoyment out of it, so anyway, enough about that. Then for something completely different, let's talk now about the film, uh, The Personal History of David Copperfield, now this is just like the complete opposite. Uh, it also opened up last weekend, and uh, it's really a delightful uh, art film, and based on the Charles Dickens novel, uh, of course, just called David Copperfield. Uh, this is this film is directed by Armando Iannucci, and it just has it's just it's just basically a. A modern retelling uh, and a very stylish one of, of David Copperfield, and they, they you know they keep it within two hours, and so you know as 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 these Dickensian plots are, they're very elaborate, <laughs> and 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 uh, I thought the filmmakers did a nice job about keeping the, the the you know the Dickensian quality quality to it, but they made it uh, into the, into their own thing. It honestly reminded me of something that you would see on, on on Masterpiece Theater or on PBS, and I mean that as a compliment. It's you know it was just it was just it was really nicely done, and and I and honestly it was like the anti-tenant for me because uh, the volume was reasonable. Uh, you could understand the dialogue, and, and as well as understand the plot. Now, as far as the plot goes if you haven't read the book David Copperfield it might be a little much and so I, I would suggest doing a little maybe maybe checking out uh, uh, a summary uh, of, of, of the book somewhere online so you know Wikipedia or whatever whatever your choice would be just so you might just get a little refresher cuz cuz a lot of stuff happens a lot of characters are getting introduced and frankly, I think probably one of them... I don't know if I necessarily give it a criticism, but it could possibly be one uh, in that you don't get a lot of exposition necessarily about some of these characters. They just show up, assuming that you uh, know who they are because you you know the, the, you, that you've read the book. You had to read your book and read the book in you know, ninth grade, your ninth grade English class or whatever, whatever the case may be. But David Copperfield is played by Dev Patel, and he, you know, he's terrific, and and uh, it's really it's it, it's really a bit of a of an all star cast. Uh, Peter Capaldi's in it is playing Mr. Macabre. Uh Tilda Swinton is is particularly uh, good in it. She plays Betsy Trotwood. Uh, Mr. Dick is played, uh, you know, really. Well, by by Hugh Laurie, uh, and then uh, Ben Wishaw plays Uriah Heap. Benedict Wong plays Mister Wickfield, which you know, which I think is was a was a cool um, was a cool choice, and and um, anyway, it's it's a big it's a big cast, and and it's I, I you know I just thought it was it was terrific. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think I probably enjoyed it more because Tenet was so painful. So, uh, there you have it. Three new movies, and it's probably, these are probably going to be the main three movies, uh, in addition to, to uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, playing during the month of, of September. The next big release, unless it gets pushed back, let's hope it doesn't, um, is is Wonder Woman 1984 which is scheduled to open, uh, in early October. So let's hope that that's still, that's still going to be, be the case. Um, but anyway, I hope you can go to the theater and, and, uh, feel safe and, and, uh, enjoy a new movie. For Classic Cinema Corner, there's an opportunity on Wednesday, September 9th, to see the classic 1980s comedy, Airplane, on the big screen. This movie was from 1980, and I know I've mentioned this before. It's in that uh, it's also recently come out. So it's the film is celebrating its 40th anniversary. And Paramount Pictures has created this new line of Blu-ray discs they're calling Paramount Presents. I'll have a link to to the, the online store, which is on Amazon.com. But uh, the airplane release is, is looks like as cool as the rest of them. And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to not only watch the Blu-ray, but I'm also excited to go see it on the big screen on Wednesday, September 9th. So this is part of Turner Classic Movies' big screen classics. Which they do in conjunction with Fathom Events. I'll put a link to to it in the podcast notes on on my blog. But you know the the, the Fathom Events stuff has just been completely messed up from because of COVID. So, uh, Airplane uh, actually screened a couple of days last week, and is and and but you still there's a chance to see it on Wednesday, September 9th. Also on the Fathom Events site, you can look and see what. What other films are are coming up on on the schedule? Unless you know there are a big spike in COVID numbers or something, and they're going to change it. At the end of this month on and it's playing uh, on September 27th, September 29th, and October 1st is Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and and that's and that's really exciting. And then uh, in October they've got on October 11th and October 12th. They're playing Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. So, you know, for Halloween. Uh, anyway, so glad to see that the Turner Big Screen Classics are back on, you know, back on the big screen and uh, airplane. Uh, plan to see that on Wednesday, September 9th, if that's something you are interested in. Also of note, uh is is uh the New York Film Festival, which is happening September 17th through October eleventh. Now it's I, I've been able to see one or two screenings in years past at, at the New York Film Festival. You know, I happened to be in New York uh, when when the festival was going on, but but in the years past, you had to go to New York, you know, just to, to see to see any of these films. So this is the 58th year of the festival. It's done in conjunction with with the Film at Lincoln Center group, and uh, because of COVID. They are doing uh, a a series of what they're calling virtual screenings, where you can buy a ticket and watch and watch a movie uh, online. And so, uh, I'll put, again I'll put a link to, the, to to this on in the podcast notes on my blog. But I'm pretty excited to be able to attend some of the New York Film Festival um, from home. And and uh, th- they have typically a very eclectic. Uh, slate of films um, this year they've they've streamlined it into what they're calling well, into five different sections um, the main slate is is really the core of their programming uh, but they've got a current section they're calling it which um, is what they say is trace it traces a more complete picture of contemporary cinema with an emphasis on new and innovative forms and voices then they've got um, a spotlight section which is um, sneak previews and some other special um, special evenings going on with that a revivals section which they're saying connects cinema's rich past to its dynamic present through an eclectic assortment of new restorations to selected by the festival filmmakers, rarities and more and uh, they're going to have some talks that they're going to announce and um, and I think you know it's going to be. I think it's going to be really cool. What the the other thing that they're doing is w- w- in addition to these virtual screenings, if any of you are in the New York area, they're doing some drive-ins. So they've got they've got two drive-in theaters, one in one in Brooklyn and one in Queens, and uh, that's how they're going to do it. So uh, I'm glad that they're continuing. You know, they're they're, they're still gonna they're still gonna um, have a festival and and uh those of us not in the new york area actually get to take place in this one which is pretty rare and uh, i'm pretty excited about so i probably am going to be seeing some of these and let me know if you're if you're planning to watch any of these and i'll i most likely will post information about this uh on my instagram feed and links to that are, are in my in the podcast notes on my blog as well Well, that does it for this episode of the movies past and present podcast again links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. you can subscribe to the podcast on apple podcasts spotify and google podcasts links are also on the blog also follow me on instagram i'm at movies pap as in past and present uh, as always i hope you will enjoy some good movies this week whether they be from the past or present. And until next time, thanks for listening, and I hope you and yours have a safe and enjoyable Labor Day weekend.